What's up, you guys? Yo, I'm back, baby. Sauce Lab Podcast Week 10, Episode 10. I am so excited to get right into it. You guys know exactly what time of the year it is. It is still draft season. I cannot wait for the NFL draft. Obviously, last week I did my first mock draft, and I think it got some really, really great reactions. I'm a lot happier with the interactions on Instagram. I've now officially started my TikTok account, and I'm creating content on there too. I think that you guys reacted to the mock draft really, really well. You gave some opinions on some of your picks. I saw some people were arguing about the possibility of Trey Lance being down there at 13. Uh, Some people arguing where JC Horn was picked, uh, stuff like that. Just, I was talking to some people about how they felt about it. But today we have actually got, I took every single team and I did two players that I think that they should be looking at in the draft. That's with the possibility that that player falls to their pick. I really wanted to switch it up from the mock draft. I mean, there's only so much that I can obviously talk about with each each of these guys. I don't think that I'm going to do a positional breakdown of every single position, but next week I'm definitely going to be talking about some of the guys that I liked, uh, just like in general that are later down the board. But I think that you guys are already starting to figure out who I like, who I don't based on my three-round mock, based on what I do today, and based on next week, so that going into the draft... Everybody knows who this guy is. Everybody knows what team needs what. And I think that we're all on the same page for an amazing three days. I really can't wait. It's a time. And also, I'm getting into a point in the draft process of looking at these players where I'm not even the bad ones are still going to improve the team so, so much. So even with a bad pick, there's so much more hope for every single team. There's so many needs on so many rosters. I really can't wait to see who gets the short end of the stick, who ends up making the miraculous trade that comes every single year that nobody was expecting. I mean, that's the biggest thing with the NFL and the draft especially. It's so unpredictable. Everything that all the analysts have been saying all these years aren't the same dudes who are the ones in the war room that are actually making the pick. So it is going to be a very fun night to just get to see everybody's ideas on who they should draft and who they're going to get. So I'm going to start and actually hop right into it, and I'm going to be going over every single team in the league, going over an early round player that they should be looking at that are that's probably very high on their boards. I did this based on most of their needs, uh, times that they've interviewed this player. I know that almost all of these players have already interviewed with the team or plan on interviewing with the team. Uh, there's definitely some of them are based on prior connections. Some of them are just I think that they belong there, but we're gonna hop right into it, starting with the AFC East. We've got the Buffalo Bills in the first round. Should be looking at Jason Owe, the edge. Uh, he's an athletic freak. Uh, all the edge rushers that are currently on the team, Jerry Hughes, Trent Murphy, they're definitely going up there in age. They definitely need to get younger in the edge room. I think that that's also the one thing that they're really missing in the playoffs, that consistent, or also really a D-line and pushing that, but the entire rushing of the passer. So Oway, even though he didn't rack up any sacks, definitely will do that in the late rounds. 
Uh, I think Kenneth Gainwell is definitely a good guy. I think he's a elusive back that is a very good complement to Zach Moss. I think that Devin Singletary, even though he is still kind of young, I think will be out of Buffalo pretty soon. They just don't love him. I think that he can easily become the one from an injury or even just him being on the roster. I think that he's a little bit more talented than the other two guys that are there, so he could easily get the starting role. For the Patriots, I've got Mac Jones uh, definitely taking him in round one. This will either be a trade-up scenario or with the hopes that he ends up falling down to 15. I think that more and more and more it's seeming like that is not likely. There's actually a consensus I- belief and idea that the Niners are going to take him with a third pick. But now I think that the pendulum's swinging a little bit back to the other side. People are saying it might be Justin Fields now. So this is just with the idea that he ends up falling or the Patriots trade up. Uh, the I'm going to explain him, and it's going to sound a lot like another guy. Uh, limit, a white quarterback, limited athletically, can learn the playbook very quickly, good in the short and intermediate game, good stepping in immediately, very high football IQ. Sounds so familiar to Tom Brady with Bill Belichick there. I think that he could definitely get his career going, learn behind Cam Newton for maybe one, even two years, give him some time. I really like that fit. And then late in the draft, rounds three through six, Jalen Darden, the receiver. I think he's a gadget guy, can be used at different positions. Very, very, very fast. They don't have a fast guy who's actually a receiver. I mean, Gunnar Olszewski is very fast, but I think more of a return or special teams guy. Uh, great compliment to Nikhil Harry if he stays and actually is there. So, Yeah. Uh, Miami Dolphins, I've got them going Jamar Chase in the first round. This is in the hopes that they do, he's not picked one pick before by the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that the Bengals are right now at a crossroads between either going Chase or Penny Sewell, but this is with the hopes that they choose Sewell. Chase falls right into their lap. I honestly probably think that they'll go whichever one of the two isn't picked by the Bengals. It'll be Sewell or Chase, but it'll give... Tua, his first true number one, I don't love Devontae Parker that much, but Devontae Parker as a three might be amazing. Uh, Will Fuller, him and Jamar Chase could be a downfield attack. It'll really help Tua's progression, and that's what you have to do when a quarterback's on their rookie deal. Uh, Then in round three or four, I've got them going Joseph Osai. He's going to work off of Emmanuel Ogba's great breakout season. They have a solid pass rush, nothing to tell your mom about, but a very solid pass rush that would add a lot of depth. Very athletic, very talented, very a lot of untapped potential for Joseph Osai. Uh, New York Jets, I've got them going Greg Newsome, the cornerback, in round one, maybe round two, but I really don't see him falling to that. This would be at the 23rd pick, maybe the 32nd pick. Great man corner. Uh, they He would automatically come in and I think be the number one. They have Bryce Hall and Bless Austin. Both are talented in their own way, but I don't think that either as, are as good and have as much untapped potential as Greg Newsome. We've seen in a solid defense the corners step up. It's going to happen, I think, and Newsom would be a great fit. Uh, for running back in round four to six, I've got them going Khalil Herbert right out of Virginia. Right now, they've only got Tevin Coleman, Josh Adams, and LaMichael Pirine. I think Herbert could easily become the number one back by week eight. Patient, finds holes. If, we're running the, if the Jets are running the Niners scheme, I think that he's a great fit in it. The Browns. 
Uh, in the first round, I want them to go Zaven Collins. I'm obsessed with the Zaven Collins fit. He's a speedy coverage linebacker. They need that in the in the type of defense that they run. Just somebody in the middle who's covering, can make the tackle, all things like that, can wrap up if... I mean, they don't have a fantastic linebacker room all the time, but I even think that that'll improve Mac Wilson and give them a much better linebacking core altogether. And then in round three to four, Jamar Johnson. I think that that's kind of funny that it would be Jamar Johnson learning under John Johnson, the quadruple J's. But even even more than the funniness of the name, it's still genuinely a big need. So even though they signed John Johnson, they still have the need at corner can definitely develop into a much better guy and a defense that'll help him raise immediately. For the Ravens, I've got them looking at Gregory Rousseau. I think that there's even a chance that they can get him in round one or two. He is very unproven, but has immense potential. We've seen the Ravens be able to produce these fantastic edge rushers time and time again. You guys know them, Matt Judon, Terrell Suggs. I can't think of any others off the top. But they've developed them in the past. I think that they have the ability to take a swing on a developmental guy that in three years he could end up being a top 10 edge rusher in the league if he's worked correctly. The Ravens defense is always great. They still maintain their defensive coordinator. And I think that he will take that step in Baltimore. Uh, the other pick, I have Tamarian Terry in round four or five. This will definitely open up downfield potential if Lamar is actually going to start to air it out more and pass it more. He's a more physical receiver than anybody that they really have on their roster. I really like him as a late round sleeper. I think that in Baltimore, he'll definitely get the touches necessary, even though they're not a very pass happy team. Steelers. Got them going Travis Etienne in the second round. I know that it's a possibility to get Travis Etienne in the first round or Najee Harris or anybody, but I think that we've now seen time and time again, when you look at the most recent ones, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Josh Jacobs, both just not worth a first-round pick. Steelers, very smart franchise. I think that they recognize that. James Conner just actually signed to Arizona today, so they really have no one in that running back room. It is going to open an entire new part of the offense. Hopefully, I really hope that the pass game opens opens up more than just the short pass, at least the intermediate. I know they don't have many, many deep threats, quote unquote. I think Chase Claypool could become that, but ETN would just be a 15 to 20 to 25 touch per game back every single down. I love the fit. And then I also have them going Kyle Trask in either round three through five. I think Haskins is gone next year. He's not the following. He's not the successor of Ben Roethlisberger. And I think that even just count for Ben in this year alone, injury prone, very old, Kyle Trask would be a great pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers. For the Bengals, this is with the, uh, obviously people know the debate between who they could go with in Sewell or Chase. So my early round pick I have in round two, they should go Terrence Marshall. This is in the case that obviously they go Sewell and they don't take Chase first. You still pair Burrow up with a former LSU teammate that, Higgins, Boyd, and Marshall would be a fantastic trio that I think that that is what Burrow needs. All very, very young still. Uh, and then for my later round player, this is a swing. So I 
it's now seeming more and more leading up to the draft that Wyatt Davis is going to go higher and higher, but I had originally had them that if he falls to the three or the four, they need to run to the podium to do this. Sewell will probably honestly get kicked on the inside because they have Riley Reef and Jonah Jackson, both at their tackle spots, but they still need more and more depth at the center, at, the, at both guard spots. I think Wyatt Davis is definitely a fit there. For the Colts, Aziz Ojalari, the edge, he's extremely athletic, and I think he fits the very fast players that are all over the Indianapolis defense very well. Bobby Okariki, Darius Leonard, uh, Danico Autry, uh, their whole team. I Oh, Danico Autry is actually off of the team in free agency. He went to the Titans. I'm sorry, but Justin Houston obviously is not there for long. He is very old they need an edge rusher that's another thing that when the playoffs came up it was definitely shown that they could not get to the passer at the same speed that other teams can i think he's got an amazing bend off the edge great fit for the colts uh their other player is liam eichenberg i think that he could actually become the starting day left tackle right now they have sam tevy at left tackle but maybe you with the loss of Anthony Costanzo, they need somebody now to fill in that role. I think Eichenberg is out of all the tackle prospects in the second to fifth round, one of the better day one guys. Fits right in on a defense on an offensive line that has so much talent all around it. They'll definitely all help him grow and improve all together as a unit. For the Titans, Quiddy Pay, edge rusher out of Michigan. I think that he's personally my favorite edge rusher in the draft. This is another situation where he would need to fall, but it if if he is there at the pick, he, he would be a stamp on a defense that really needs it. They could really go any position on defense, honestly, except for safety, but they could really go any position on defense. Edge rusher is so, so necessary. Quiddy Pay would be an automatic upgrade. They lost Clowney. I don't actually love the trajectory of Harold Landry. I think that he's very solid, but compared to where he should be from where he was drafted and all that, I don't think he's even as good as people are saying. Jeffrey Simmons, I obviously like there, but Pay will definitely make the most of his time on Tennessee. And then the other one is Tommy Doyle, uh, round three to five. They need depth. He can eventually start at right tackle, just a depth piece on their O-line. For the Jaguars, we know who their first pick is, so I wanted to switch that up. Trayvon Merrig, uh, safety at a TCU. I love him. He's the best safety in the class. He's the fly around the field, anywhere on the field type guy. It is the Tyron Matthew to Patrick Mahomes as Trayvon Merrig is to Trevor Lawrence. I love the fit. It's on every single part of the defense, they have somebody who I really love, but not an entire unit that's unreal. Uh, at corner, I really like CJ Henderson. At rush, at edge rusher, I really like Josh Allen. And then as a coverage linebacker, I really like Miles Jack. They don't have a safety that's like that. I think Merrig will easily do that. For the Texans, I actually have no one for their high pick because they don't have their first or second. But in the third or fourth, I really like the idea of getting Eric Stokes. He can play in the slot or on the outside. He's very, very fast. Just a chess piece on a defense that needs it ev everywhere. He'll automatically, I think, even become the second best corner on the team. I still really like Bradley Roby, but he's definitely better than Vernon Hargraves. It's a young piece in a place where it's definitely necessary. 
Now, in the AFC West, the Kansas City Chiefs, I have them selecting Samuel Cosme in the first round uh, after their loss of both of their tackles. This is definitely needed. Extremely athletic, one of the best tackles in the class, arguably fourth behind Derisaw, Slater, and Penny Sewell, but I think he comes in at four. It would be a snag to get him at the end of the first round. As their later guy in round three to five, I have them going Derek Barnes, a linebacker who's wrap-up tackle ability can even rush the passer they really don't have an amazing linebacker room i like willie gay but Derek barnes fills a role just a depth piece that i think would be really good on the chiefs for the chargers i have them they should really look after rashawn slater either that would be another either trade up or hopefully he just falls to 13 types of falls to pick 13 type situation but he's the second best tackle in the class I think it it capitalizes on an amazing year on progressing the O-line for Justin Herbert even though I've said so many times uh, get everybody around the young quarterback while they're on the rookie deal that does not just mean skill positions that means the O-line too and even though they had some guys that I even like like their names they were so bad as a O-line I think Brian Bulaga stays. They've obviously upgraded at center, upgraded at guard with Filer and Corey Lindsley. If they upgrade at tackle, this will really be cementing them as a much, much better unit in their next year from their first. And then I also have them going Tay Gowan in either round two or three. Uh, the loss of Casey Hayward makes this definitely a need. They re-signed Michael Davis, but I think that he could be a fourth or fifth corner, progress under an amazing defense, an underrated defense, I'll say. But a man-to-man, loves the physicality of it, I think belongs in L.A. Seems like a very L.A. guy. I love it. For the Broncos, Trey Lance, just I wanted to elaborate more because I had them actually missing out on Trey Lance at the ninth pick, even though he was available. Uh, Now, after looking back, I really don't think that they will skip on it if he is there at the ninth pick. I know that they liked what Drew Locke did at the end of his first season, but this past year, even though their whole unit was not fully healthy, it's what you kind of have to do. When you're balancing out, it's either two more years of Locke on a rookie deal plus Micah Parsons or Patrick Sertain or J.C. Horn or somebody like that, or you get to restart the entire quarterback deal with a guy that has a much better chance of becoming the next big thing in the NFL. I think that if you're going to become the next big thing in the NFL, you definitely show some flashes of that in your first two years. Locke really hasn't shown that that much. So Lance would restart the clock and you could still get a late second, early third for lock and end up getting another linebacker corner, somebody like that later that I think it's just the benefit when you're in the top 10, if there's that guy available, obviously there is a chance that they are the ones that are trading up to get Lance or trading up to get fields or trading up to get somebody else, but say that they stay put and they're on the board, they still go for it. Uh, with their later round guy, I've got Andre Sisco, either round three to five. With Kareem Jackson aging, they're going to need a safety soon. They have an amazing support system with their corners, their safeties, Justin Simmons, Ronald Darby, Michael Ojemudia, Bryce Callahan, Kyle Fuller. An, an amazing, amazing secondary, really top three in the league, I'm now thinking. He has so much untapped potential. 
I love that pick. Uh, for the Raiders, Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa, probably my favorite fit in the entire draft, Koromoa to the Vegas Raiders. Uh, he can really do anything. He would instantly become, I know that this might be a hot take, but the best player on the Raiders defense. I think he's a little bit better than Yannick Ngakwe at this point in their careers. He can make the tackle. He's amazing in coverage for a linebacker, something that's definitely needed in the new NFL. I think John Gruden would use him like a chess piece, similar to Isaiah Simmons, just fly around the field, do whatever. I love that pick. Josh Myers, interior O-lineman in the third to fourth round. They lost so, so much on the interior of their O-line. They just need to rebuild it. I think that he probably would not start first year, but eventually make his way into the lineup by next year. Now flipping over to the NFC. With the Washington football team's pick, I've got them going with Christian Darisaw, tackle in the first round. I think that uh, left tackle is the final piece on making it the perfect team around a quarterback. Right now, they obviously have Fitzpatrick there, and I think that Fitzpatrick will honestly shine with the talent that they have around him, with how we've seen him have these crazy high stints. I definitely think that he has the chance to be good, but this is all forming in place for them to now, next offseason, get an unreal quarterback and start making Super Bowl pushes. Darisaw is a great final piece to that. They're at a place where they really can't go up and get the amazing quarterback yet unless they wanted to put together all these pieces and start to get the quarterback now. I think sure everything up around him, then go for the quarterback. It's definitely a strategy I really like. You guys know I love the football team this year and for years going forward, so I think that this uh, pick really helps. Uh, later rounds, I have them going Chaz Surratt, another guy that I'm very high on. They still really need interior inside linebacker to go with Cole Holcomb. I like him, but not love Reuben Foster's out of there in a year or two. So another interior lineman, definitely. For the Cowboys, I've got them going Patrick Sertan in the first round. Uh, this has been mocked to them so, so, so many times. Right now, they really only have Trayvon Diggs at their corner. They have Anthony Brown there too, but he is below average. He should not be a starting guy. So Sertan, I actually messed that up in the last episode, but Sertan will jump in there to a defense that has a lot, a lot of holes. They can really go anywhere on defense, but it's best player available on defense, and Sertan's the guy. Uh, next, I have them going Pat Fryermith. I think it completes the offense. Honestly, it's not very needed, and I think that they should probably go for center, guard, or anybody on defense before they go Pat Fryermith, but... It feels like a very Jerry Jones pick. I know that he was quote-unquote infatuated with Kyle Pitts, but I think that he's smart enough to not trade up and get him, and he will not be available at pick 10. So they won't have the opportunity to get the tight end there, but if it swings down to two or three and Fryermith's on the board, a guy that they've said personality-wise is very similar to George Kittle and wants the ball and wants to be hit and all that, I think that is a Jerry Jones-type pick for them to go for Pat Fryermith. Uh, the Giants going Jalen Waddle in the first round. I think that pick could genuinely open up to the, the offense so far down the field to the point that I can't say that they're going to be below average. I think right now I'm a little bit lower on them than the normal team. But Kenny Galladay as a go up and get it receiver and the speed of Jalen Waddle might just be so much with Darius Slayton still there, with Sterling Shepard still there. I think that this is a match made in heaven. It would make it one of the most versatile wide receiver rooms in the entire NFL. Gives Daniel Jones the pieces that he really needs. I think that honestly it might be a little bit smarter to go for tackle 
because they have so much depth in that receiver room. I think that they also want to maybe get something out of John Ross, just seeing when they signed him, like very early in free agency. So maybe Waddle isn't the guy, but I think if Waddle goes there, that opens the offense down the field to a point that no other NFL team can. Uh, And then the later rounds between round two to four, I've got them going Creed Humphrey, just more interior depth. Will Hernandez is probably on the wrong side of going up or down, but definitely still good enough to be there. Uh, Just more depth. For the Eagles, I've got them going Nick Bolton, middle linebacker in the second round. I didn't have their first round pick because I think there was a lot to choose from. Could have been anyway, but they really have an awful middle linebacker room. They have Alex Singletary as their starting middle linebacker. I know that they signed Eric Wilson, who's a great coverage lineman, but I think that he's going to be on the right side, not manning the middle. Bolton could easily do that, being picked in the second round. And then I also have them getting Rondale Moore, snagging him between round two to four. In the, This is the case that he falls, and they don't go Devonta Smith with that first pick. I could definitely see them in the second or third round snagging Rondale Moore. Be a good compliment to Jalen Rager. In the NFC North, I have the Green Bay Packers really looking at and trying to select Caleb Farley, uh, cornerback who was originally looked at as one of the best corners in the draft but due to back injury problems has been falling on boards very fast I think that if he's there when the Packers are picking they will be ecstatic we saw what happened in the playoffs with Kevin King getting burnt against the Buccaneers time and time again Farley has so much on tap potential it's a very high risk high reward pick he has the supporting cast around him the Packers defense has time and time again gotten it done and if you pair Farley with Jair Alexander that could easily become one of the best cornerback tandems for 5, 10, 15 years and then later in their draft round 3 to 4 got them going Joe Tryon edge Uh, Preston Smith was pretty bad last year they definitely need more edge presence not that it's a dire need I like Rashawn Gary I obviously really like Zadarius Smith but it's another late round filler guy Uh, For the Bears in the first round, they should definitely be looking at Rashad Bateman. This is another one that I've, I had that in my mock. I've had this time and time again. I think that he's going to be the new Justin Jefferson. Uh, Allen Robinson, I think, is gone next year. Anthony Miller, the trade rumors have been coming for the past two years. I think he's gone by next year, too. It will be Bateman and Mooney become the new one and two in Chicago. And the guy who could be throwing it to him is my later round guy. I like them going Kellen Mond later. This is round two to four. Definitely give Andy Dalton some competition this year. But Andy Dalton's definitely not your long-term answer if they want to take a swing in the late rounds and even say that Dalton goes down quickly they show that Mond is just average they could trade him for so much more value just because of the quarterback position being so valuable as it is if they wanted to jump back into like the Watson or the Wilson market or something like that I'm not even sure if Watson market exists anymore but the Wilson market at least for the Minnesota Vikings they should definitely be looking at Elijah Vera Tucker, the guard. Uh, they have a very bad O-line now. I think that it honestly might become the death of the team. It's definitely not headed in the right direction. So with this pick, it fixes that up really quickly. In the later rounds, I've got them looking at Elijah Molden. They need both corner and safety. Anthony Harris left. They've had corners leaving left and right. They have Patrick Peterson there, who could definitely help develop Molden. Molden's so, so speedy. Plays all around the field. Can play at safety. Can play in the nickel. Can play on the outside. I love that pick for the Vikings. Detroit. 
goes Penny Sewell. I think it's a very, very safe pick. For as much as they might have a bad receiving room now, I think that the addition of, of Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith will not be as big and as relevant as Penny Sewell. I think Sewell will also help Goff's progression a lot in his first year. And then later I have them going Rodarius Williams in round three to five depth pick. They have below average corners. They could really go anywhere on their defense, but their secondary is definitely not looking too great now. In the NFC South, I've got the Buccaneers going Christian Barmore. Ironically, it's more of a depth pick, even though they're choosing the best defensive tackle in the entire class. Uh, it's just the way that the draft is falling, that the defensive tackles and defensive interior defensive linemen have fallen so far. At the last pick in the first round, they could definitely snag him with Sue aging, rota rotational depth guy on an already unreal D-line with Vita Vea there. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, so many guys like that. Then I've got them going Chuba Hubbard in round four through six. I know that they just signed Giovanni Bernard, but I could see him already off the team by next year. A receiving skills, speed, all you need to know. Tom Brady's guy, I think, could easily get a very big chunk of the offense in that first year. Even though they're coming off the Super Bowl, I think that he could easily start producing in that offense. The Carolina Panthers... Uh, I have them going Dylan Radins, uh, the offensive tackle in round two. I didn't want to choose who they're going to go in round one. It's too much of a toss-up. But for Radins, uh, he can move around anywhere on the O-line. He can play left tackle. He can play left guard. They really need both. I think that it'll be a great addition for Darnold, who really never got the amazing O-line. They already have Taylor Moten there. But this just continues to build off of that. Their late-round guy. Got them going Jabril Cox, a new speedster in the middle. Right now they have Denzel Perryman playing that role, but I think already by week eight, Jabril Cox could take that role over a new speedy guy. The Saints, I have them looking at Elijah Moore in round one. I, I think honestly pretty similar to Michael Thomas. I know that he's a lot more slender, more like shifty in route run, but when you really look at their route concepts, they're both staying very short. They're both reception, like rack up the receptions. Not unreal after the catch, but will come down with the football an amazing amount of time. Amazing route runner. I like that fit. Continues to keep the... Offense short, but he can also break away deep for Jameis Winston and that switch that way. And then I also have them going Rashad Weaver, an edge, a depth edge, just after losing Trey Hendrickson. I think that they're going to start to need to rebuild that edge group. I obviously love Cam Jordan still, but he can't just do it alone. And then for the Atlanta Falcons, got them looking at Kyle Pitts in round one. Uh, instantly reignites an offense that I think is on the decline. It gives Matt Ryan maybe even an extra year as being the starting quarterback. If they go with that, then it's really showing that they're all in on trying to make this offense all it can be this year. I still think that there is a possibility that they go with their quarterback of the future with the fourth round and they actually don't trade out. Obviously, if they do choose Pitts too, they wouldn't be trading out, but it will reignite the offense, give them... A big three of Julio, Calvin Ridley, and Kyle Pitts, which is arguably best in the entire league. And then later rounds, I've got them looking at Ellerson Smith and Edge. 
uh, really anyone on defense could be a good pick here, but I think that he's very strong, very good at getting to the quarterback in the pocket, fits what Atlanta's trying to do. For the 49ers, I've got them looking at Zach Wilson, quarterback from BYU. I think that this will take a dream scenario where the Jets end up picking Justin Fields or even trading down from the second pick. I know that people aren't talking about that, but I think that that still is a possibility. And then getting like the fourth or fifth fifth best corner and building on this draft. He's a play action quarterback, extremely quick release, would fit what Kyle Shanahan is doing in 49ers to it on the 49ers to a T. They've he said that he loves them so much. It'll take a miracle, but it's definitely somebody that the Niners have at the top of their draft board. Uh, later, I have them looking at Paulson Adebo. He feels very 49ers. He's falling quick. His stats really fell off. His tape was not amazing in his last year playing, and then he opted out. But they can really build off of his pure talent and athleticism that he has. What he showed in 2018, they could definitely capitalize off of that. Their amazing pass rush will definitely help him jump to a better role right out of the gate for the Rams have them looking at Landon Dickerson in the second round uh, they have a pretty bad interior of their offensive line Austin Blythe is still available as a free agent Landon Dickerson could easily become the starting center on the team I also have them going Cameron McGrone at a Michigan middle linebacker middle linebacker really is their only glaring hole on defense I now think safety also took a little bit of a step back but it'll definitely be he'll definitely be helped out by an amazing pass rush and amazing secondary I think that that just improves the linebackers altogether for the Seahawks I've been looking at Aaron Robinson I think he's immediately starts at the slot corner they have a very very bad secondary lost Shaquille Griffin uh, I think that he'll do very good in that Seattle scheme as a round two guy I don't think that they or they don't have a first round pick the Jets do but I think that he could definitely fall to there. They could take him. And then at their later round guy, I have them looking at Davis Mills, quarterback at a Stanford. I think that if the Russell Wilson rumors are true, they've really got no other option to be their long-term starter other than whoever they get in the Russell Wilson trade. I think even if they just took this without the idea of trading Russ, it's a similar to Jordan Love without giving up as much draft capital, put Russ on his toes and make him play a little bit better with the idea that they just drafted a guy to sit right behind him. And then last but not least, with the Arizona Cardinals, I think they should be looking at Micah Parsons. If somehow he falls, I know that they, people were talking about the possibility of character issues. If he does fall to 16 where the Cardinals pick and or they need to trade up, I think that this could be pick of the draft. I honestly don't love Jordan Hicks in the middle. Isaiah Simmons is definitely going to be taking the second jump. J.J. Watt, uh, Chandler Jones, Buda Baker. Th this defense could be the new look of a defense where everybody can really do anything. And I think Mark Micah Parsons is an amazing guy to stamp that. He can cover, he can tackle, he can rush the passer, he can do so much on a team with so much athleticism on the defense really step up a unit that needed to do that last season. And then also in their later rounds, they should be looking at Ben Cleveland. Uh, gives them good depth at center, good depth at guard. Could become the starter already by next year behind Justin Pugh, who's very old. And yeah, these are just some of my ideas of who each team should select. 
Thank you for listening. I hope that you guys agree somewhat. I feel like definitely at least the positions of the players that I named are definitely the fits and the type of players that those teams are going to be looking at. Uh, maybe it's not those players exactly. I know that always leading up right to the draft, a lot of players that were ranked high just suddenly don't go as high or the opposite way around. But definitely these are the positions that they're going to be looking at when in the draft. I think that there is going to be an insane amount of movement this year, not more particularly than last year or any other year, but there's so many trades and stuff. I just see that GMs capitalizing off other teams eagerness to get a quarterback or get the dude who's going to change the franchise right now and end up giving a lot of future assets, which is something that I'm going to be able to sit here and analyze and talk about, which I'm so excited for too. So I hope that you guys really liked it. Uh, Have an amazing day. Uh, Do not forget to tune in and continue to listen to the Sauce Lab podcast leading up to the draft. I think that for the draft, I'm going to be doing a live analysis with some of my friends. I am really, really excited for that. Uh, And yeah, so do not forget to follow me on Instagram, follow the Twitter, follow the TikTok, Sauce Lab podcast. We're really trying to blow up on TikTok. I think that that's a great place to start this path to hopefully becoming something bigger and an entity that I can actually show and work from. So I'm so, so, so glad. I Just a quick thank you guys to allowing me to do this. I know that it took a lot for me and myself to actually sit down and consistently do this and edit it every single week, but it really brings me so much joy to talk about football and to just do this and be able to talk and show my personality to the internet and the entire world. So thank you guys. Have an amazing day. I hope you guys are as amped for the draft as I am. Have an amazing week and peace.